everyone, and welcome to episode 196 of SwiftCast. This is Steph, Ashley, Adam, and Nate. And as we mentioned last week on episode 195, we did a call-in episode, but unfortunately we had some terrible technical difficulties. Hell, these things happen. Yeah, they do. And unfortunately we aren't able to air our callers on this episode, but we are hoping to plan something very special for episode 200, which will be in later May. So stay tuned for more details about that. And we apologize again for those technical difficulties. You know, it's kind of like, as Taylor says occasionally in some of her live shows, it's a live show, kind of anything can happen. So uh, we are definitely not exempt from that. In our case, not so much live, but definitely lots of technical difficulties. Right. Call-in episodes are kind of live because if we have issues with the caller, then we just can't, we don't have the content. But anyway, I'm excited when we can actually air some of our callers. Hopefully the people who called in will get a second shot at, at being on one of our episodes. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun. And we especially appreciate the people that have called in over multiple episodes. Yes, and this week, the reason why we were doing the call-in is because it's officially been over four years since we started this podcast, and so we asked you all to call in to celebrate our fourth birthday. So because we don't have the call-ins from you, we decided that it would be fun to take a look back over the past four years and have the hosts talk about our favorite episodes and moments from doing this for four years. It's crazy that it's already been that long. How and why have we done over 200 episodes? Oh my gosh. I can't even believe it. Like four years. It's incredible. It's been a crazy journey. Let me tell you. If you do count all of our special episodes, we're over 200 episodes. Probably well over. So... Even though this is episode 196, we've actually done over 200 episodes in four years. I want to say we're actually at about 215. Wow, has it been that many? Jeez. We had a lot of special episodes that we didn't number. So we're excited to talk about our favorites, and maybe then you'll want to go back and listen to some of them. Especially because right now, not having Taylor in the news much can be kind of depressing, so... (laughs) i'm depressed every day (laughs) (laughs) i'm excited to look back at some of our favorite moments i actually checked just to be accurate and we have ironically 213 published episodes wow oh i like that number well before we get into our episode i think nate might have a trivia question for us, which is quickly becoming one of my new favorite things. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad you guys like it. Even though it's always very difficult, it's fun. I purposely picked these difficult questions just for you guys because, uh, and especially for our listeners too, because of us in uh, you know the fandom, we kind of almost know everything about Taylor. Uh, so it, it really took me a long time to, to find these questions. Now, and uh, just for our listeners who may be tuning into this segment for the first time, the hosts have never heard this question before. Uh, So I think it's just going to be extra fun for them to kind of guess and and see if they get it. 
So my question for you guys this week, uh, because we're kind of doing a, you know, throwback episode, we're looking at some of, uh, you know, especially our older stuff. This one is from way in Taylor's past, right? So uh, the question is, what is the name of Taylor's award-winning poem? Monster in my closet. Oh, you got it! Steph! (laughs) I had it in my brain, but I couldn't quite grasp the whole title oh i thought that one was so much harder than than that i'm so glad you got it though yeah i think i was gonna say there is a monster in my closet but maybe it's just the more simple title monster in my closet Mm -hmm. you know i think that is the first trivia question that any of you guys have answered correctly on the first guess just by the way so kudos steph i think it is the first time i don't i just remembered that being a thing and being really impressed with it because Taylor was so young. I feel like we've either discussed it before or it's shown up as a trivia question somewhere that I've seen, because I don't know how else, how I would have known the name. Well, see, she did talk about it in a Scholastic interview. I have an excerpt here I can read for you guys. Yes, please. So Taylor said, uh, regarding Monster in My Closet, she said, I won a poetry contest for a poem called Monster in My Closet. I was in fourth grade, and I wrote this long, long, long poem, like, There's a monster in my closet, and I don't know what to do. Have you ever seen him? Has he ever pounced on you? It had, like, 12 stanzas. I put it into this national poetry contest, and it won. And they sent me this book in the mail, and I got to read all the other kids' poems. So, that was really fun. Taylor Swift, Poetic Genius. Yeah, I remembered some of the lines from that. And I just remember reading it a long time ago and being really impressed with it. You guys can Google it if you've never read it before. I mean, uh, it is floating out there. There is a full version somewhere. It's actually really long. Uh, But it's impressive. You know, this fourth grader who could write this poem, only Taylor Swift could do that. Right. I think anybody who doubts that Taylor writes her own songs, all they have to do is know a little bit about her history. Not only did she write this poem that won the contest, but... I think when she was 12 years old, she spent the summer in New Jersey writing a full novel that's never been released. It's funny you say that, Steph, because that is actually another trivia question that I had. Hmm. You guys are catching on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to admit I'm blanking on the name of that book right now. I just remember she wrote it during the summer, and it was, I think... 350 pages or 400 pages or something really long. You're very close. I'm not going to tell you because I want to save it for a future episode. (laughs) You'll have to catch us off guard. I want you guys to just forget you heard all of that. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, I've always hoped that that book would one day be released because I would love to read a novel that Taylor wrote when she was 12. It was a fictional novel And we know how great Taylor is with stories, so I would bet it's a great book. Maybe someday. Well, keep the trivia questions coming, Nate. I I like them. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, I have a whole arsenal of them. I will never run out. For now, we're going to take a look back at some of Taylor's old tweets and Tumblr posts. And our first one comes from April 13th, 2009. Taylor wrote on Twitter, I just stopped at a red light and it just never turned green. How does that happen? As a law-abiding citizen, that really threw off my day. (laughs) This is always a good one. 
Although reading it right now, all I can think about is Lord's song, Greenlight. Oh yeah, good connection. <laughs> and it also, anytime I think about Greenlights, I think of Holy Ground too. The lyrics of Holy Ground. Our next one is from April 18th of 2010. Taylor tweeted, In bed, assigning photos to each contact in my phone so that if slash when they call, their face will pop up. It's Vegas. You gotta push the limit. So she probably was in Vegas for, I'm guessing, the ACM Awards around that time. Probably, yeah. That must have been around the time when phones started becoming technologically advanced enough to have photos pop up when somebody called. So I bet it was fun for her to do that. I think the first iPhone was already out by then. True. And that was a big deal, having somebody's face pop up on your phone. Our next tweet comes from April 12th, 2013, and Taylor tweeted, Best day ever. Disney with my friends. And of course, she went to Disney World with Ed Sheeran. And there's a really cool picture of them on a roller coaster together. Yeah, I think she actually took most of the band and crew of the Red Tour for the day, so it was really fun to see them there. So this was actually at Disney World uh, down in Florida, and uh, the picture is of them on Rockin' Roller Coaster. I don't think I've ever even been on this ride. I'm not even sure. It's the Aerosmith one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, if you guys remember, too, one of my favorite pictures of all time is of Taylor with the giraffe, and this was also taken at Animal Kingdom. I love that giraffe photo. In fact... Not related to Taylor, but if anybody's been following the whole April the Giraffe over the past practically two, three months, April finally had her baby this past weekend. And so I was thinking about how Taylor took that photo with the giraffe. I have a feeling, even though we have no clue what Taylor was doing, she's been following that story very closely. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. It seemed like the whole world was following it. Our next tweet is from April 13th of 2014. Taylor posted proud friend alert and tagged Ed Sheeran. And it's a collage of photos of them from his appearance performing on Saturday Night Live, which, if you remember, Taylor also made a surprise appearance. Yeah, didn't she make a appearance during Seth Rogen, who was the host's monologue? Right. And she delivered the great one-liner about how when a man is upset or something like that, then she just appears. Oh, yeah, she pops up. <laughs> because he was asking, why are you here? <laughs> it's funny to think, though, that Ed's album, Multiply, was released about three years ago. Well, now we have a couple of Tumblr posts from Taylor because she started using Tumblr a lot in 2015. So on April 20th, 2015... Taylor had a picture of herself holding her ACM award, and she said, Thank you for a beautiful night, Dallas, and to anyone who watched. See you in October on tour. And Taylor made another post about that same night. She wrote, Casual Sunday night with the parents, hashtag ACM awards 50. And she included a photo of her hugging Andrea, which was after Andrea presented the award to Taylor. And finally, from the same day, she posted one more thing on Tumblr. She said, always trying to take the line, 
I'm dancing on my own. I make the moves up as I go to new levels. And it's, of course, Taylor dancing in her seat at the award show. This is actually really funny. You know, I'm ashamed to say that I don't really use Tumblr that often. And so I'm seeing this post actually for the very first time. This is hilarious. (laughs) Just a typical Taylor awkward dance move. I loved when she was active on Tumblr because we got a lot more funny, random, sort of candid things that we didn't get as much on Twitter and Instagram. And Twitter's tougher because you're limited to the characters. Whereas on Tumblr, sometimes you would write way more. Like five paragraphs about Pop-Tarts or... (laughs) (laughs) So our next Tumblr post is from April 15th, 2016, last year. And of course, this is a very iconic picture as far as Taylor goes. Uh, She simply captioned it, Bleachella. And of course, it's a picture of her with her short bleached hair uh, wearing the This Is What You Came For jacket. I think we were all very, very shocked when she posted that picture. Right, because we knew the Vogue magazine cover was already out where Taylor had the bleached hair. But we didn't know whether it was for that specific photo shoot or whether Taylor was going to keep the bleached hair. So when she did this, we all thought, oh, okay, she is keeping this. A lot of us thought, this is the new era. We're going to have new music, a new album. In fact, I'm sure I'm sure if you rewind to our episode from that week, that's exactly what we said. Yeah, and how <laughs> wrong we were. I thought it was a wig. I'm like, there's no way this is real. <laughs> and it's funny to think back on that because at that point, we didn't know that Taylor had written This Is What You Came For or that she had been featured vocally on it. And I was personally wondering if Taylor might show up at Coachella this year since Lord and Kendrick and a lot of other great artists were performing. This was the first weekend of it this past weekend, and she did not. But there is another weekend of it next week, so there's still a chance. Will Lord be back next weekend, or was it only this past weekend? You know, I was confused about that, but the way that their lineup is listed, it looks like the people are all playing again. Oh. I believe so. I believe it's kind of like a repeat. Okay. I didn't think it was like that last year, but I can't remember. It would be great to see Taylor, though. I'm not getting my hopes up, though. And our last post is from a couple days later when Taylor wrote, Getting ready to go out. And she posted the Apple Music commercial, which featured Jimmy World's song, The Middle. And we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but this was everyone on the podcast's favorite Apple commercial. Oh, absolutely. Infamous. This commercial is infamous. And next we have some tweets from some of Taylor's squad members. And our first one is related to Coachella, which we just talked about. Billboard tweeted, Lord's Coachella set proved that she's back and better than before. And Billboard wrote an article covering Lord's set, if you want to read about it. I actually went and watched her set today. They were rebroadcasting the live stream of it, and it was truly incredible. Yeah, I heard she performed a couple of new songs, and then, of course, a bunch of ones that people already know. Yeah, and what really is just so different about her now is that being her second album, she's doing so much more with lights and special effects and dancers and just 
really making it a big production, much, much bigger than her performances in the past. And if you even just look at a couple of the pictures, you'll see she has these crazy light shows in her Coachella set, which I really hope she brings to her own tour because it was awesome. And you would think her own tour would have even more of that because Coachella, just you just have the stage. You probably don't have as much flexibility as you would with your own arena tour. Right. And there was an article last week where Lord mentioned that sort of the theme for the album is all the songs talk about basically different experiences that you would have at a party or that she's had at parties. And so it's kind of looking at it from all these different scenarios. And so on stage, she had this, it's hard to describe, but basically it was a giant box. It was a clear box, almost like a cage, but it was huge. And she had all these people, her dancers, in the box, and they were basically like acting out being at a party. That sounds interesting. Yeah, that's really unique. It sounds cool. And so then she went in the box for part of it, and then she came out. It was very, very unique. And so our other squad tweet for the week is from Bleachers, which is Jack Antonoff. We've been talking about him a lot lately and are going to be talking about him more coming up. So today, Monday, he released the new Bleacher song called Hate That You Know Me, which is from their new album, which is coming out in June. And he did an interview for that on Beats One Radio, talking about it a little bit which I think they rebroadcast a lot if you didn't have a chance to listen. And it's a great song. It features Carly Rae Jepsen, and you can pre-order it now, so that's pretty exciting. I haven't had the chance to hear it yet, but you have, right? And do you like it? I do, and one of the things he said that he said before and I find so interesting is that he tries to create songs that different people could have drastically different emotional experiences to the same song like for this one he said he hopes that people can both dance to it and cry to it which i thought was really interesting cry dancing all right i like it (laughs) probably not at the same time i think he meant like you know depending on the situation and where you listen to it and the lyrics but it has a really good dance beat but then it has really emotional lyrics so that's really interesting that intrigues me i want to go download this I'm equally excited for his album and Lord's, and they're coming out both in June, so it should be awesome. We need something to hold us over. I feel like either on purpose or just how it worked out, all of Taylor's friends banded together to put out all the best music they possibly can to get us through this year. (laughs) I think it's also, too, they just know that they can't compete with Taylor once she releases new music, so... Kidding. I love you all. (laughs) (laughs) But also partly true. It's hard to compete with Taylor. Even Ed admitted it in that interview once, where he said he didn't think Taylor would be releasing new music till later. So he wanted to take advantage of having his album out early in the year. And of course, that quote didn't get taken at all out of context. (laughs) 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 That was like the media disaster of the year, and Taylor didn't even do anything. Yeah, everybody just loves to ask questions about her, even when her friends aren't even talking about her at all. In interviews, they just bring Taylor up. And speaking of that, we only have a few news items for this week, but our first one is related to Taylor's friends being asked about her in interviews. 
Yeah, so a little uh, juicy, maybe not so juicy uh, piece of news. Jack Antonoff has spoken out on TS6. Now, it sounds really cool at first until you realize what he said. Uh, Jack was quoted as saying, um, We haven't talked much about it yet, but I love her and I love working with her. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, read between the lines. Are they collaborating? Are they? Is there an album coming? Is um, I don't know. I feel like that's a complete misdirection quote in that he... He's not allowed to say anything, so he just said that. Yeah, I mean, all these people know that whether they're working with her or not, they can't reveal much, so they really don't have a lot of choice when they get constantly asked the same question. Right, it's not like he's going to say, yeah, I worked with her last month. I mean, he obviously can't say anything like that, so that's kind of the answer he has to give. Well, on that note, there I was reading an article from him recently where... He was just talking about what he's been up to and naming some different projects. And then he goes, oh, and and another thing that I can't talk about yet. Oh, nice. (laughs) Could be anything, but of course, I hope it's Taylor. Yeah, I think we're all desperate. So we read between the lines here. But I think it's perfectly reasonable. Even just the way he says it. He says, um, we haven't talked about it much yet. Just those words make it seem like he's trying to hide something. But you can't blame him because, like we've said, it's not like he can say, oh yeah, we've written five songs together and the album's going to be out on X date. It makes you wonder. And I think we're just hopeful because they're such good collaborators together and we've loved what they've done in the past. Yeah, I think it's very possible they'll work together again because not only has Lord been working with Jack and... They were all together this time last year during Coachella, but also Jack worked on I Don't Want to Live Forever just very recently, so I think it's very possible they'll continue to work together. And one cool anniversary we had from this past week, the music video for New Romantics was released one year ago, and it was on April 13th, 2016. For some reason, I feel like it's been longer than that. I don't know if it's just because Taylor's, you know, on the off season or or what, but I don't know. Just feels longer. I don't think it m- made the news much necessarily or was that big of a deal. One because the tour had ended so long ago, and two because it was a tour video, which means it wasn't, you know, new content. I suppose that's true. It's still one of my favorite videos to date though. Absolutely. It's a great summary of the 1989 tour. And the tour videos are always great to just be able to reflect back on each tour. Our last piece of news is that Victoria's Secret has named Taylor 2017's Sexiest Entertainer because she is bold, powerful, and confident. And that's interesting because it's only April and they already (laughs) named her. (laughs) It's kind of funny. She's had one performance. We'll be right back with our main discussion. Well, as we mentioned earlier, for our main discussion this week, we want to celebrate our four-year anniversary of starting SwiftCast by talking about some of our favorite episodes. We each have a variety, which I think is great, because I thought it was really tough to pick just a few to talk about, because the reason why we do this is because we love it so much. I love being able to talk about Taylor every week and being able to talk to listeners and just 
really spreading the wealth of Taylor around to listeners who tune into us. You know, you're so right. I mean, we've had so many different episodes and yeah, you know, for us especially, it really kind of encapsulates some really fun moments that we've had uh, through the Taylor fandom. And, you know, we had each agreed that we were just going to pick a couple episodes to talk about. I couldn't do it. I ended up picking seven. I'm like, <laughs> I had to cut these down. It was a little, it was getting a little ridiculous. But it's one of my favorite things to go back and just, uh, you know, reminisce and talk about some of the really cool things, the really fun things that I know that I cherish, that you guys cherish, and, and hopefully that our listeners can find some kind of entertainment in as well. So Adam, what are your favorite episodes that we've done so far? So the first one I picked, and I think you would all agree, because it was such a cool opportunity that we had, was to talk to Jim Atkins from Jimmy Eat World. Absolutely. Oh my god, one of my favorite episodes ever. I was going to pick this, just by the way. <laughs> I think we all were. Yeah, I think it just stands on its own as such a standout episode. Yeah, we were able to interview him because, as we mentioned earlier, Taylor used Jimmy World's song in the Apple commercial that she released last year. And it was just really, really cool to talk to him because he's a, a pretty big rock star and Jimmy World has been around for a long, long time and so many people know who they are and who he is. And it was really, really cool to hear about the current music that they're working on and what his thoughts were when Taylor contacted their team to ask about using their song. So if you haven't listened to that special edition episode, go back and listen to it. It's great. My favorite part was when he was talking about how they received the pitch for the commercial and it sort of just described the concept and it was like, oh, like someone's getting ready to go out. Oh, by the way, that's Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we didn't have an episode number, as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode. For special episodes, we didn't always number them. But this would have been about a year ago because the commercial was released a year ago. And it was just really cool how Jim was so willing to really quickly talk with us so that we could get the content out to all of you quickly. Absolutely. And the second favorite that I picked was episode 143, which would have been released in February of 2016. And it was right after the 2016 Grammy Awards. And the reason I chose it is because I love the Grammy Awards, first of all, but this was pretty much the epitome of the 1989 era for Taylor because she took home three Grammys, including Album of the Year. That was a pretty humongous night for her. Absolutely. I just remember in general the entire Taylor Swift fandom being so happy that she won. She worked so hard on 1989, and after, unfortunately, Red did not win Album of the Year, it was her goal to set out to get it, and she accomplished it. Right, which ended up, I think, bringing her total for Grammys up to 10 after that night? Correct. She got three, so she went from seven to 10. And her speech was legendary. I think it will forever be remembered. Absolutely. And in addition, she opened the show with Out of the Woods, and Jack Antonoff joined her on guitar, and it was a classic, outstanding performance. 
the first time we got to see Jack on that song. And I guess the last time. Fortunately. And the third favorite episode that I picked was episode 130. And that was released in November of 2015. And the reason I chose that is because it was right after the final United States show for 1989. And all of us on the podcast were fortunate enough to have gone to that last show in Tampa, Florida. And it was my personal first time in the B-Stage pit. And it was just such an awesome concert. We had special guests, Alessia Cara and Adina Menzel. And it was just an awesome, awesome night that you can go and listen to a recap of if you'd like. Oh my god, that was hands down one of my favorite concerts ever. I mean, just like what a wild night that was. The fans that were there, everybody flew in from everywhere. The special guests, uh, you know, of course, um, Taylor dressing up as Olaf, I mean, was pretty awesome. What a great night. Yeah, this was definitely on my list, too. I just like it when, as a podcast, we can all hang out together. We all live in different places around the country, and we don't always get to see each other. But to go see Taylor and all be together is always fun. And we were just really happy to be able to recap the final U.S. show for all of you. And what a massive stadium that was. Yeah, Buccaneers Stadium. I mean, how many people were there? It had to be like 70,000, something ridiculous. Yeah, it was probably 60 or 65,000, yeah. So when you consider just the size of that crowd and that a lot of us were lucky enough to be in the B-Stage pit, it's just, it's amazing. Ugh, take me back. (laughs) (laughs) So how about you, Ashley? What were your favorite episodes? Well, one episode that I've gone back and listened to a few times over the years because I enjoy it so much is the bloopers episode that we put out for episode 78. Oh my god, I was totally going to pick that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had a little argument (laughs) pre-recording calling this on our favorite episode. Ashley won. It's just such a great episode. It makes me laugh so much. Yeah, it's a great episode. If you want to laugh and hear a little bit of behind the scenes of recording you can go listen to that and we definitely have content for more bloopers it's just very difficult to put a blooper episode together and one day i assure you we will have another blooper episode. <laughs> five years worth of bloopers <laughs> mostly it's because we have so many bloopers every day every week we mess up a lot we do have a lot and it's just compiling all of those and editing them is very time consuming i think about at least half that episode was fashion mispronunciations (laughs) i think mostly mine if i'm not mistaken taylor had some really complicated designers that she was wearing like in her early new york era days (laughs) she did giuseppe zanotti sticks out for me who's a what's it's yeah that was a blooper i remember (laughs) And that episode was great because at the end, Nate sings what he remembers from Style because this was before the album was actually released and he was singing what Style was, what he remembered (laughs) the lyrics to be. I totally forgot about that. Oh, man. It's the best part. 
And I remember one particular blooper. Wasn't Nate really sick one time trying to record? And I don't know if he was like on medication and was having trouble. <laughs> yeah, these bloopers are all mine, really. <laughs> oh, man. We were talking about the new version of Love Story that Taylor premiered at the iHeartRadio Music Festival. And Nate was on all this cough medicine and Ashley and I had a long discussion about it and he completely missed it and then started randomly talking about hey you know I think that new love story performance (laughs) is going to be on the tour hey I stand by that I really love that love story performance okay (laughs) and then you guys were like we already talked about it I was like we literally just said that (laughs) I'm like well just you know ignore everything I said (laughs) oh man So the other episode that I really loved because it was so much fun putting everything together was it was between episodes 141 and 142 because we didn't number it. It was the City Winery Nashville tribute concert that Nate and I went and covered, which was in February 2016. What a blast that was, just by the way. That was, I mean, just the fact that the singer-songwriter community put the show together to honor Taylor, this was right before the Grammys, so it was a tribute to 1989. It was raising money for local music organizations. What a great event. Oh my gosh, seriously. And, you know, for this episode, too, we literally were able to go backstage in the green room and interview just about every single performer for this tribute concert. And they gave some really fantastic interviews. I remember uh, Chris Allen was awesome. Alana from Alana Royale, she was really fun. There was just some really great interviews, and of course, the night itself, I mean, you just couldn't beat. I mean, maybe by going to an actual Taylor Swift concert, no offense, but definitely amazing. Because it was not only songs from 1989, the album, but also a variety of songs that came out in the year 1989. So every artist sort of had their own take on what they were performing, and when they picked a Taylor song to perform... They would give it their own interpretation, so you got to hear a rock version or something a little bit different for each song. And it was really cool hearing, at least for myself, because uh, it became such a big deal in the Swifty community, was Devin Dawson and Louisa Wendorf, uh, who had the Blank Space style mashup that they sang. And they sang it live, so uh, that was incredible to just see them perform and to actually hear that. That was a great mashup. And Taylor's mom was at the show, so it was a very special night. You know, one more thing about this show that was really interesting to me. So when we interviewed all of these artists, a pretty big majority of them had their own personal Taylor-related stories. Uh, Like Morgan Miles, turns out she was an intern for Taylor, you know, however many years ago. Zeke Duhon had been to a Red Tour show, and he tells about how he tried to touch Taylor's hand. Like, uh, it was really just very cool to see how Taylor brought all of these different people together uh, with such different stories and perform at this amazing concert. I found that anytime I'm in Nashville, if I mention Taylor in any capacity, someone around me will start talking about a story that they have. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a small world there. And it's pretty much always very positive. Everyone has these great experiences and interactions with her and really remembers her fondly even though she hasn't been there very much and obviously hasn't been in the country genre as much i think she's made such a lasting impact that she will never be forgotten in nashville no actually the madame tussauds 
wax museum just opened up one in Nashville, right? They have Taylor welcoming you right in the doorway, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw that. So I think she'll always be a fixture in Nashville. And it was really cool that they put on this special event for her to honor her. And so the last episode that I chose was episode 158. So this was when last summer the media was doing what they usually do and writing a lot of pretty nasty and unnecessary articles about Taylor and her love life. And the hashtag I love Taylor because was trending worldwide. And so people were posting all kinds of nice supportive messages to Taylor. And we sort of ran with that theme and we did a call-in episode where we got to talk to a lot of you guys about why you love Taylor and just general words of support. And I don't know, that just stuck out as a really great episode to me. It was, because this fandom often goes through times like that where the media just turns against Taylor for whatever reason, but we all stick together, and that's why we do this podcast. I love you guys. (laughs) So Nate, I know that some people stole your favorite ones, but (laughs) when you narrowed it down, what were your favorites? So yeah, even though I you know, originally chose seven, I still only narrowed it down to five. So sorry for that. Uh, But uh, I'm going to, you know, kind of clump a couple of them together just because they go together. Um, Just episodes that I really enjoyed. So my first pick was a group of two episodes. Um, Both happened in October of 2014. Uh, And, you know, I, I can't do this without talking about it. I'm sorry. Both of these events were amazing. First of all, episode 73, when uh, I went to the Rhode Island secret session and spilled everything about, you know, Taylor's house, not technically 1989 at the time. Uh, You know, I kind of skirted around because we weren't really allowed to say anything, but definitely I broke down the whole thing. Um, If you guys are even just slightly familiar with the secret sessions, it's, I think, a really interesting episode to just go back and listen to just for the sake of hearing all about Taylor's house and how she is personally and it was just a fun event. Yeah, that was a really cool time in this fandom. The podcast was able to get a fan from each secret session to talk with us and we were just lucky enough that Nate was able to talk to us about Rhode Island, but we really relied on the listeners to give us the inside scoop about what was happening even just in the house. We understood we couldn't hear the specifics of 1989, but I liked to hear the little details about things that happened or decorations in the house. Oh yeah. Oh man. I mean, I could, you could get me going right now. I can just start talking about everything at this Rhode Island house, but seriously, if you guys have not heard the episode, go back and listen to it. 73. It's really one of my favorite episodes of all time. And to kind of go along with that episode, um, episode 79, which was about the New York City rooftop secret session, which um, I and uh, the other hosts were also able to go to, which was phenomenal, of course. You know, release week in New York, we talked all about that. We gave a breakdown of the live stream and, uh, you know, of course, talking to Taylor afterwards, uh, hanging out, having some pizza. Um, So anyway, again, one of my favorite episodes ever. What a crazy month that that was, October 2014. It was a great month with a lot of really exciting things happening. For the podcast, I think we were doing 
multiple episodes because so much was happening, not only with secret sessions, but there were also song previews before the album came out. It was kind of overwhelming at the time, but now that's a problem I would rather have. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully we have a lot to do this this coming fall with a new album with song previews and all kinds of things going on. We hope. Fingers crossed. All right, so enough about uh, the secret sessions and things. Now, this is one of my favorite episodes uh, that we did recently. Um, This is episode 191, where we talked about uh, the Red Tour, actually. It was our fourth anniversary of the Red Tour. Um, And we went back and we we broke down uh, the top 13 moments from the Red Tour, and it was just really nice. Like I said earlier, I love going back and reminiscing and talking about um, you know, some of the best moments in, in Taylor's career and in our personal lives in the episodes that we've done. So to go back and do the Red Tour again really was just, you know, an awesome thing for me. Yeah, one of you guys, I forget who, had the idea to put together a list of the top 13. Of course, we'll use the number 13. But we ranked the moments from 13 to 1 and talked about different songs, different guests, and all kinds of things, and even included some clips from the tour to help you reminisce about those awesome moments. Yes, Nate put together some clips for that episode, and the clips were my favorite part. I felt like I was back at the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, even just putting those clips together, I mean, really just took me back. I ended up, I think, YouTubing for, I don't know how many hours after that, of just red tour stuff. So... (laughs) You know, and which kind of brings me into my last clump of episodes that I really like. It's actually from the 1989 tour. We interviewed Andy Grammer, who happened to be a special guest at 1989 Chicago. So uh, we talked to him in September, a couple months after the show actually happened. But um, he went back and he talked about it and, uh, you know, what brought him on stage. And we talked about the Speak Now tour when he also came out. And he told us all kinds of stuff. He was really a down-to-earth guy, uh, and he talked about his album and some of his music and some of his successes and how he sees himself, in a sense, in in Taylor, you know, how Taylor inspires him, basically. So anyway, that was just one of my favorite episodes ever. What a cool guy. Yeah, that was really exciting. I think we all felt starstruck talking to him. I definitely did, and he is such a cool guy. So down-to-earth, so easy to talk to. And he's really funny, too. Yeah, and just so full of energy. I mean, exactly how he seems when you see him in concert, which I've seen him a number of times, and he's just an all-around great guy. And that ties into my last pick, which was episode 116, where we talked about, uh, it was 1989 Chicago, which was my favorite show of the entire tour. I'm not really sure why. I think just because it was a summer night, and the energy was amazing, and it really was just a fantastic show um, or set of shows rather and so we talked about Taylor with Andy and of course Sam Hunt who was her other special guest and really about just how amazing both of those shows were so anyway for me that was my well fifth pick so well I actually had the same problem as you Nate because I couldn't really narrow it down it's really tough (laughs) it's really tough so I lumped some together but My first one goes along with how we talked about Tampa. I just really enjoy being able to see Taylor shows with 
like-minded individuals who understand why her music impacts me the way it does. <laughs> and so these three go together, but when we covered opening night of 1989 in Louisiana, which was episode 108, then we also covered Taylor's show in Austin on episode 175, and of course our more recent episode, Super Saturday Night, episode 183. And all three of those were just great episodes because we all got to experience seeing Taylor live together, which is why we do the podcast. We all love Taylor. We like hanging out together. And we like being able to tell all of you about things that ex we've experienced in case you didn't get to experience it firsthand. Because sometimes you can read updates on Twitter or Tumblr, but we try to give you a different viewpoint and really be very detailed so that you feel like you were there, hopefully. You know, and with a lot of our listeners being overseas as well, I kind of like to think sometimes that they maybe enjoy living vicariously through us if we're able to go to some of these shows and experience some of these things. Yes, that's our goal. We just want everybody to be able to see the impact that Taylor has and feel like you can experience it. We've been really fortunate to be able to travel. Like I said earlier, we all live in different places, but that's why we do the podcast. We just all love Taylor so much. And we didn't talk about any song discussion episodes, but I always really enjoy that. When 1989 was released, it was the first time we had a full new album where we could talk about each song because when we started the podcast four years ago, Red was already released. So with 1989, we talked about every song on the album, which was really fun for me. But if I had to pick one episode where I really enjoyed our discussion about the song, it would be episode 99, where we covered New Romantics. I felt like we all had really interesting viewpoints about the song. Everybody took something different away from that song, and it made me think about the song in a different way. And there was really a lot to discover just in doing research about the 80s and where the term New Romantics came from. It's so much more than the song appears on the surface. Exactly. That episode made me realize how deep that song is. It's not just a fun, dancey song. There's so much more to it. And then I also decided to go with a little bit of a controversial one. On the podcast, we try to always talk about positive things because Taylor positively influences our lives. But sometimes it's tough because we always talk about how Taylor sometimes can get just dragged down by the media with through no fault of her own. So we generally steer away from things like that. We don't talk about Taylor's relationships either. But we did sort of get into last year when the whole Kim Kardashian and Kanye drama was going on. We felt we could not stand by and not say anything. So on episodes 163 and 164, we covered the whole thing. And I thought we really explained why what Kim and Kanye were saying just didn't really make any sense. And the videos that were being released were edited. And you can tell they weren't the full clips. And so we just really felt like we needed to defend Taylor. And I was 
proud that we did that because sometimes we can feel like we don't want to be involved in a bunch of controversy because we want our listeners to have a positive experience. But here we just really thought we needed to defend Taylor. And like Ashley said, we did the I Love Taylor Because call-in episode to defend Taylor because all of this was going on at the same time. And at the time, especially, it was such a delicate subject that it was easy to, I don't want to say offend people over it, but uh, get people kind of going, you know, riled up about it. So at least for myself personally, I had people coming up to me who knew I was a fan of Taylor and asking me what I thought about about the whole thing. And I'm like, who cares what I think? You know, uh, it's, it's, you know, about the facts here. Like, so anyway, and it ended up being a really successful episode, too. It's funny you say that, Nate, because... Even the past few months, I've had people who know I'm a Taylor fan come up and say to me, well, what do you think about that whole Kim thing that happened last year? Wow, geez, even still. Even still, sadly. So it was a definite controversy, and people are still remembering it. I was hoping they would forget it by now. I like when people ask me, when's Taylor's album coming out? (laughs) (laughs) Which I get a lot. If only we knew. Is it true she's releasing an app? I'm like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm at least honored that people think that we are on the forefront of Taylor knowledge. We try to be, uh, to be fair, but... I'm just going to start answering everything really confidently as if I know. That's a really good idea. <laughs> October 13th, it's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. That's what we thought 1989 would be, because October 13th fell on a Monday, and Taylor releases her albums on a Monday, and that was actually before the industry changed release days to Fridays, so we were sure it was going to be October 13th, and we were wrong. Well, October 13th this year is a Friday. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Friday the 13th. That would be pretty perfect. Somewhere in an unknown location, there's a calendar on Taylor's wall with that date circled. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Well, whatever happens, we look forward to continuing this show and telling you what happens. Because after doing this for four years, I think it's safe to say we're going to be lifelong Taylor fans. And we want to keep the show going as long as you all will listen to us. So... Thank you for sticking by us, whether it's been for four years or one episode. We're just glad to have you tune in. So if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes, and that way you can have the latest episode downloaded for you automatically. And while you're on iTunes, if you can leave us a review and a five-star rating, it will help other people to find our show easier. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach us on Twitter at SwiftCast13, and we're on Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at SwiftCast13. You can email us at SwiftCast13show at gmail.com, or you can visit our website at SwiftCast13.com. So I have a question that I want to throw out to you guys for the end of this episode. Because I know in the past we would always try and predict what is Taylor going to do next week, which obviously has sort of died out. <laughs> it's tough to do when she literally doesn't do anything for, you know, every single week since forever. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we can bring that back, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear 
what Ashley's question is. Yeah, what is this question? My question is, I would like each of us to place a bet, a date, that we think Taylor will eventually next be seen in public. Wow. Yeah. Next be seen in public. Oh my gosh. Hang on, I gotta pull out a calendar. (laughs) (laughs) So she hasn't been seen since basically her Houston performance. Right. Right. She was seen in Nashville dancing in a car that she was driving, but that didn't really count. So can we uh, place the bet, you know, closest without going over? I think so. That seems like a good way to do it. Okay. Hmm. All right. So I have my pick. Ooh. I'm going to say, and not that this is kind of soon, it's a little soon, but not really. I'm willing to bet that Taylor will be seen before Memorial Day of this year which I think is May 29th. That's right, it is. I don't know, I feel like five months is kind of a long time. (laughs) You know? Oh, geez. But hey, I mean, from now it's not too long, but I feel like if, and big if, uh, an album is going to be coming out this year, she's going to start to need to make a couple of appearances. Um, So I don't know. Hmm. Who knows, with it being the holiday, I think uh, that'd be a pretty good time to emerge. And I want to say, kind of like Ashley mentioned earlier, that I hope that she goes to the second weekend of Coachella, but I don't think that it will happen. So I'm just going to pick strictly because of the number that she'll be seen on May 13th. So I'll go a little bit before Nate. Okay, fair enough. And I'm going to go a little bit later than that and say that we're going to see her by or before June 27th. How did you come up with that? Yeah, what's June 27th? Well, I was going to say June 13th, just because, I mean, why not? Yeah, what I did. (laughs) I feel like she will be seen before the 4th of July, but I feel like it won't be very long before. I don't know. That's just my guess. It's probably a safe bet. I feel like 4th of July is a really safe bet for Taylor. Like, I don't think she'll make her first appearance on 4th of July. I think we'll see her a little bit before. Right. Yeah, I agree with all of you on that. I would like her to be at Coachella, but I don't think she will be. And I almost was going to say the next time we'll see her will be at Abigail's wedding, because she has to be at that. But I looked it up, and it looks to me like that's not going to be until late August. And I think we'll definitely see her before that. So... Like Ashley said, I think sometime in June, definitely 4th of July, even if she makes this a smaller gathering than it has been in the past. Because last year, the news coverage, I thought, got a little crazy. Okay, you gotta pick a date, though. So... Are you gonna do a Price is Right thing? June 28th? (laughs) Totally cut her off. Did you say June 28th? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to go with June 28th. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's unfair. Oh, you're, yeah. you're like a mind reader. No. Gotcha. <laughs> no, I had that date in mind. <laughs> well, it could be. And I'd love to know from you guys on Twitter or anywhere you want to contact us, your official bet. Yeah, definitely let us know. And we will still be here telling you, even if Taylor's not around, what's going on in the Taylor Swift world. Although for next week, we, because of travel plans, will not be having an episode. So the next episode 
will be released on May 3rd, and we look forward to talking to all of you then. But for now, for episode 196, this has been Steph, Ashley, Adam, and Nate. And we will see you later. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys. See ya. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management. 